thank you so much for being here today. If you're a guest with us today, I'm actually going to preach a kind of different kind of sermon today, a different lesson. It's kind of more caught than it is taught. Um, I'm going to try and share something about how God works. It's more understanding what he does more than just knowing information about him. Now, I'm going to put enough Bible and, and there'll be a, lots of scriptures. But, you know, you might not be able to keep up with all the scriptures. And the information people amongst you are going to go, stop, stop, I want to keep up. But actually, I want you to get revelation today. I want you to get foundation, something of understanding about God. So here's a little tip to, to get through this sermon, this, this message. We don't really call them sermons anymore. We call, like to call them talks or messages. But to get through this message, if you type into your phone, third day, you'll have all re- lots of references or three days. But first of all, come with me to Hosea, the book of Hosea. And we're going to look at chapter 6. Now, the context of the book of Hosea is this. That Hosea, he, he operates longer with Isaiah, and, and the Israel are being unfaithful to God, and, the, and they are walking away from God, and God keeps warning them. He said, look, you need to come back to me. You need to come back to me, or disaster will strike. And, and we know that they were taken into exile. And Hosea, all the while, is saying, oh, I'm just trying to reach you so that you don't uh, walk away from God. Uh, by the way, happy Sunday. And, uh, and then in Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, Hosea, Hosea uses a biblical phrase that, that actually means, I'm going to do something great for you. But you're going to have to go through a process in order to get there. Look with me, Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. How many of you believe that God can bind up your wounds today? Hey, church, this is an Amen Sunday, okay? So you can shout back to me and talk to me a lot. Is that all right? Great, okay. Look at verse 2. After two days, He will revive us. And on the third day, he will restore us. How many of us need a restoration today? On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains and like the spring rains and water the earth. And God, I pray for Holy Spirit rain today upon everybody's heart and life. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to teach you something today. I think today that I want to come to you with something, as I said, to catch rather than to be taught. And to, you have to get it by intuition, by almost by revelation, by understanding and and spiritual insight but I hope that I can teach enough to give substance to it so that you can make the leap and say okay I'll I'll go with that 
Being in college or university, you'll understand this process, and we all kind of understand this, that we put time in, and eventually we get a result. We, we make some effort, and then a process goes through, and then a, a result happens. And, and that's kind of what I want to say today, but so much more. I want to kind of say to you that the results that you're looking for, God's got much more than what you think is that result. I want to describe to you, I'm going to describe two elements, I'll talk about it as train tracks, working together that will help you to expect a conclusion, but the conclusion and the result is much more than the logical outcome of what you think. It's so much more. The Bible uses a kind of phrase and it's kind of like we use for certain days. Have you, you know, we say, oh, there's a bank holiday. And, and we know that that's a, a time when industry takes a rest. Or if you're at work and somebody, and they're not working very hard, you say, what do you think? Is this, is, do you think this is a bank holiday today? Or we use a phrase called a red letter day. And that means it's a really good day. A red letter day. Or we might use a phrase, and this is a bit old school English, a mufty day. Or it means a dress down Friday. And, it's, and it means that we've used a phrase that tells us that that day is like something. I don't know about you, but the scriptures also have a phrase about a particular day. Have you ever been somewhere and it turns out to be much better than you thought? Or, or, or much worse than you thought? You know, you went on holiday and the brochure looked amazing. And when you get there, it's not quite what the brochure says. Well, today I want to share with you something that's a lot bigger than we all think. We'll say the words, but the reality of it is bigger. I don't know whether you ever noticed the third day motif or pattern in the scriptures. That on the third day, unusual things happen. Now, we all are aware about on the third day, Jesus rose again. But have you ever questioned yourself, why did, why did he rise on the third day? Why was, it, why was it the third day? And if you look into the scriptures, the third day runs through from Genesis all the way right through into the New Testament because God's saying on the third day I'm trying to teach you something I'm trying to teach you the way that I work I work in unusual breakthrough after a difficult process even if you've kind of not seen this before I want you to think through this pattern that I'm going to share with you today I'm going to try and share it because it's an illustration to teach you about how God works in your life. Are you ready? If you've got your Bible with me or your, or your phone, try and uh, follow through with me because there's a scriptural pattern that 45 times throughout the scripture, God uses this phrase on the third day. On the third day, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 12, it says that vegetation and plants came forth and life sprung out. Uh, for the first time we see life growing and that was the third day since creation but on the third day if you look at Genesis chapter 22 verse 4 and 5 
Abraham looked up on the third day and saw the place, Mount Moriah, where from afar. And there he says, don't worry because we'll come back from there. And actually Mount Moriah was the place where eventually Jesus would be crucified. On the third day, Pharaoh releases his chief cupbearer from death row and says, you can go free. Look at the scriptures. In Genesis 42 verse 17, it says, on the third day, Joseph releases his brothers from prison. On the third day, the Israelites request that Pharaoh's permission to take a three-day journey into the wilderness and offer sacrifices uh, to God in Exodus 3 verse 18. Unusually, on the third day, plague nine of the plagues uh, is the plague of darkness. And plague nine ends on the third day. And the Israelites enjoy light while the Egyptians walk in darkness. And on the third day, darkness ends. On the third day, unusually, God descends on Mount Sinai. Look at it for yourself when you're at home. Exodus 19, verse 16, it says, On the third day, God descends from Mount Sinai to the sound of trumpets and a great blast of, of noise and reveals ten commandments that become Israel's constitution for life and actually are lasting even till today. On the third day in Leviticus, you can't leave an offering more than three days. In the book of Numbers, the Israelites are to purify themselves with water for three days after they've been in contact with a dead body. Numbers 19 verse 12. On the third day, after coming to a river and preparing themselves to cross the Jordan, the Israelites come to possess the land. On the third day, they come to the river and say, let's go. On the third day, Joshua's spies emerge from Jericho. They wait three days and then they are set free. What's happening here? God's trying to tell us something. That he uses this phrase to say, I break through. I set people free. I do unusual things. There might be a process leading up to it, but I break through. On the third day we hear, and it's a strange phrase, 2 Samuel chapter 1 verse 2. It says, on the third day Saul is killed, but a new king is coming. David goes to Ziklag in, in 2 Samuel, at 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 1. And it says, on the third day he looks and Ziklag the city is destroyed and his wife and his family and everyone's been stolen. But that was the third day that he began to turn around, get everybody back. And then it establishes him as the king. You see, God's got a third day change for you. You might be going through a process and then things establish. Should I carry on? on the, after asking God to release Hezekiah from his illness, he is actually healed. 2 Kings 20 verse 5. Which day do you think it is? On the third day. You see, it's not just in the New Testament. On the third day, Jonah is vomited out of the whale's belly and lands on a beach and begins to preach. And one of the greatest revivals in history happens. On the third day, you know, Esther puts on some royal robes. She fasts for how many days? Three days. Did you know that? Or were you just going along with the sermon? 
She fasts for three days and on the third day she walks into the king's courts and he can lift his scepter and kill her or he lifts his scepter and she gets to speak and then the whole nation is saved. In the book of uh, Ezra, guess which day the temple is finished from? Okay, it is a guess, but I'll tell you the exact reference. Chapter 6, verse 15, it says, On the third day. The third day from what? It's not about the third day from someone. God is saying, listen, this is a day of breakthrough. I've got something for you. On the third day, Hosea, uh, excuse me, Ezra completes the temple. Did you know that the boy Jesus was missing for three days? And then he was found in the temple on which day? On the third day. You see, you're not answering because you're thinking, I hope this is right. Luke chapter 2, verse 46. I've got all the references. Jesus said, go tell that fox Herod on the third day. I'll reach my goal. Luke chapter 13, verse 32. Guess which day the wedding of Cana was? It is a guess, isn't it, for some of you? John chapter 2, verse 1, on the third day. Look it up now. On the third day, Jesus goes to a wedding at Cana. The third day from what? It's a Bible reference to something is about to happen. Water is about to be turned into wine. Old Jewish religion, where you get the water from, the stone pots where you cleanse yourself to make yourself pure in the Jewish religion, it's not just any old water he gets. It's the stone pots of ceremonial washing. That is about to change. I'm going to change that old faith into something brand new. On the third day, Jesus said, I'll be like Jonah who was in the belly of a whale for three days. And then there was a Friday where darkness covered the land. And for that day, it seemed like all was lost. Then there was a day when there was silence. And then on the third day, a stone rolls away. Angels are seen and the whole world is changed. You see, the Bible uses this kind of pattern, this third day motif of breakthrough. But, but listen, this is the thing you've got to catch. Not just to a logical conclusion. The third day means something game-changing is going to happen here. Something is not just a, just a kind of, oh, a blessing or a breakthrough but an absolute game-changing thing is going to happen that you didn't expect. You see, Esther, you walked into the king's courts on the third day hoping that you'd just have a, a word with the king and things would be all right. But actually, all your enemies get killed and the whole nation is saved. You see, Moses, you just thought you were bringing some rules down on the third day. But actually what happens is you bring ten commandments that shape Western and actually world society for the rest of civilization. That's what happens on the third day. On the third day, you thought that 
I just rose from the dead. And the, and the disciples said, is this now the restoration of the, king of, Israel, of the kingdom of Israel? On the third day, I didn't just rise so that Israel could be restored. I rose for the salvation of the whole world and every generation since. You see, the third day is an absolute game-changing breakthrough. And that's what you need. And that's what I need. And that's what we all need. The third day is an emergence from circumstances where you were once a nation of slaves and on the third day you released to go for a worship in the wilderness. It's an emergence from prison, from captivity, from famine, from illness. The third day is when you get spewed out of a whale and you actually preach to a city where all the children and all the teenagers and all the adults get saved. It's the greatest revival in the Old Testament. It's not just, oh, I went and did an assignment. Not only did I do an assignment, God changed everything about Nineveh. And what I want to say to you today is, you've got to begin to learn how God works. That in his economy, we want to treat God like a sales craft that I kind of grow and inch up but actually God and ministry and church often 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 happens in steps of breakthrough where once you've made that breakthrough everything changes or life is really different the third day is appearance of life after death has come the third day is revival healing and restoration of life testing situations of when we're put in, into obedience is on the line and actually unexpected reversal comes about on the third day. When God uses this phrase in the scriptures, the third day, it's a transition moment of release from the realms of death into new life. And for many of us, we've been Christians for a long time and we're plodding along, and that's fine, and faithfulness is important. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But we need to understand that God wants a third day, or several third days, in our lives. And I would seek for you today a third day breakthrough. Because the third day breakthrough is not just a blessing, it's not just a conclusion to a process that you're faithful it's a breakthrough where you are stretched to the max or even things just change. Your internal workings change, your understanding changes, and you begin to operate differently from that moment. If you get a third day, you've learned to trust God so much that your understanding changes. And that's what I want to say to you today Rather than going through the motions and surviving, we need to ask God, God, can you do a game changer in my life? Now, I don't mean that what you've got now isn't good, but there are levels in God. Kathy and I have been learning something about the Christian life. We've been learning that the Christian life is full of tensions, seeming opposites that that kind of are parallel and they happen in your life at the same time. And if you look at your guitar string, it's good to have tension. 
in that guitar because that makes it play the note. And it's similar in life that we need some kind of opposites going on or parallel things. They're not particularly opposites. But we want to say that life operates like on train tracks. And we often teach this as if there's no resolution to our tensions, that you've just got to put up with it. But like a train track goes somewhere and goes to a railway station and there's a, there's a place of stopping off and breakthrough and understanding, similarly with the tensions in your life, instead of just having them there where they cancel each other out and you don't know what to do with them, they actually work together for your progress so that you could move forward. And actually the train stops at the station and you get to that destination, you explore what that is, and actually the train track goes on into your future to future destinations and future things. And that's how God works. He works in this tension and breakthrough economy. Everybody, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to the book of Hebrews. We're in Hosea chapter 6, earlier. And he said that on the third day he will restore us after a process of difficulty. But look at Hebrews chapter uh, chapter 6, verse 12. Because this is how to live and move towards your third day. It says this, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith one side of the train track and patience the other side the other rail inherit what has been promised if you want to inherit what has been promised you need faith on one side and patience on the other that's what the wheels of your life will roll on this scripture says do what you can don't allow Your struggles or your day one experience, your third day is coming, but you're in day one, to make you inactive. In other words, don't be lazy. Don't think to yourself, and I don't want this to happen. I have struggles in my life. And and you too, don't say, oh, it hasn't worked. I'm giving up. I'm just sitting down. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to wait for God to do something. That, don't be like that. The Hebrew writer is saying, don't let laziness over creep over you so but you will inherit when you have patience and faith or faith and patience together now your pain and your situation is unique to you and valued uh, because it's yours and so we don't want to just clump everything together and put everything together and say oh people have understood have, have experienced this before so yours doesn't count however The scripture does say, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what's been promised. In other words, understand that the things that you're going through, although unique to you, and although your pain is valued, some people have gone through it before, and they've come out the other side... And they are well. And they have been able to overcome. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You are not so unique that your situation isn't like someone else. Although it is unique to you. 
we have to combine faith and patience together. Faith, stretching for the things that are not yet. To see the things that have not yet been given. To believe for the things that have not yet come about. That on that one track we say, God, I still believe your promises. You have said this. You have made this promise. I am reaching for that. But on the other side of the train track that you are saying, and yet I have the patience to be faithful in the now. The patience that says it's on its way and I will and I can keep my connection to God in the wait. Have you ever seen people, they look across to the, to the faith train track and say, oh, it's not happening, it's not happening. And so their connection to God breaks down. But actually, it's our connection to God in the wait where he's refining you, he's changing you, that will help you believe for the things that are not yet. So combine faith and patience. You have to combine a faith that yearns for what is to come and a patience that learns right now. See, some people, because they're so fixated on what God hasn't done, they fail to learn what God is trying to teach them in that moment. They're so fixated on, well, God, you promised me this. It hasn't come. So I, I just need to understand that, God, I, I just need that promise. And yet, all the while, they block their ears to what God is saying. But I want you to know this about your character now. I need you to understand something of my heart now. I'm trying to shape you now. And that's how you work in patience, that instead of fixating on, God, I didn't get this yet, but what are you getting from God now? You see, unless you allow God to shape your character now, you might not be able to inherit the faith goal that's before you. See, practically, I've noticed in the Christian church there are your faith people and your patience people. And we've got to hold these two in tension. Practically, you should always have a faith goal. Something that you believe in God for. Some of you have got savings goals. Some of you have got career goals. Some of you have got educational goals. What's your faith goal? What's the thing that you say, God, I am, I am holding out for that. I, I've got people in my family who are, who are not Christians, and I still believe they can come to the Lord. You know my testimony. My mother was against me being a Christian all of her life. And at the end of her life, she became a Christian. It pays off to keep believing. This week, you have heard on the news that the chairman of Aston Villa Football Club went away. And I'm going to say this, has gone to be with the Lord. I'll tell you why I know he went to be with the Lord. Because last month I prayed with him and he accepted Jesus into his life. 
You've always got to say, I have a faith goal. Who's that person? What's that thing? What's that ministry in your life that you are saying? And the, because you've waited such a long time, the faith goal has gone weak and thin. It's gone to a place where you're saying, oh, that might never happen. I'll just learn that it was something God might have wanted me to have, but I'm just going to be a good character. No! Stir up that faith goal and say, God, I'm still believing for that. Now, as you have a faith goal, always learn at the same time that God is trying to shape your character. And always be open to Him speaking to you and taking that faith goal to Him. And if you're patiently learning, God may change some of your goals. God may say, you know what, you had that goal because and by you stretching for that goal but at the same time because you have been listening to me and because you've been patient with me I've been able to shape your character so that your goals now are becoming different so that you don't fixate on old goals that were from a mature from a, a child stage in your life that you begin to allow God to change you do you remember Paul said this, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Some of your faith goals were from your child stage of faith, and God was, is refining them now and changing them, but you've still got to have some faith goals. What are your faith goals? What are you believing for? Can I hear an amen from somebody to encourage me here? You've got to begin to stretch but at the same time, be saying to yourself, but I want to learn. What are you saying to me, God? What's your word saying to me? And as you do that, God will shape your faith goals. So the train tracks become a tension that progress your life. Faith, patience. Patience is listening to what God is saying about my character and about me, me now. I shared this with our team a few weeks ago. I showed them a film of a, a, pam, a Chinese bamboo tree. A Chinese bamboo tree takes five years to grow. Five years. It takes five years to grow. But you know, for the first four years, 11, 10 months... You water it every day for four years, ten months. It takes five years to grow. You water it and you invest in it. Check it out. Check it on the internet. Chinese bamboo tree. Don't do it now. Listen to this. You water in it for four years. Let me just see Jason. Jason's one of our elders sitting here. Say, Jason, your neighbours come round and say, what are you doing, Jason? Say, I'm growing a bamboo tree. I'm growing a Chinese bamboo tree. For four years, ten months, you have to water it and invest in it. It grows 90 feet high in five weeks. In the last five weeks. Can you imagine? You know, Jason's friends. Hey, Jason, you've been doing that for a year. Can't see any results. I'm growing my bamboo tree. And then the second year, people come round his house. Hey, Jason, what are you doing with that bamboo tree? Oh, I'm growing my bamboo tree. Well, I can't see anything. Then third year, fourth year. Can you imagine the look on Jason's face after, uh, face, uh, after five years when the neighbors come around and say, look at me now, 90 feet. 
you need to understand something. The Christian life works on faith and patience. There is always a crucifixion as well as a resurrection. There is always a, I need to walk into the courts of the king and that king may kill me or it may work. There is always a going into the wilderness before you get the Ten Commandments. There is always a process to get to the breakthrough. But this is the point, and this is the revelation point. It's not just a process whereby, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll suffer a little bit and then that will happen. Your third day is bigger than you think. It's much bigger than you realize. The ministry that you have in your mind is much bigger in God's heart than it is in your mind. And what He wants to break through into you and what He wants to deposit in you is much bigger than you can even imagine. And so what you need to do is your third day breakthrough is on its way. It's a pattern you can depend on. Over 45 times in the Scripture, God says, let me just note to you, something happened on the third day. On the third day when David went to Ziklag, it changed his whole attitude towards how he led his men. And it was that incident that was suffering, his wife and everything was stolen. He realized that he could win victories and act like a king. And it wasn't later, it wasn't soon after that he did actually become the king. It was the whole Ziklag campaign that changed him. What about you? You can have a third day breakthrough. If you're on day one, wait. If you're on day two, you can wait but start to expect. On day one, it might feel like you say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But you see, even on day one, you can learn the character of Jesus whereby he said, I feel abandoned at the moment. But at the very end, he said, Father, I give up my spirit. So even in that abandoned moment, you see that, that faith where he says, but I don't feel you at the moment, but I have the faith to offer my spirit, knowing that you'll catch it. Day one. Day one faith. Day one faith is mixed with the character of listening and patience that says, I don't hear you, but I know that you're there. So I can trust you. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. I don't know where you are. But you see, you've got to catch this by a revelation. Some of you have been waiting so long. You've been waiting for a ministry. You've been waiting for someone. You've been waiting for something. And you've said to yourself, ah, oh, perhaps that was just for them. And you're sitting on the patient's track. And you look over to the faith track. And you're afraid to touch it. But you need to put your 
wheels on both tracks and then your life will start moving. Some of you are just on the faith track. You just expect that God's third day is going to come about. But I tell you something, you think that it's going to come about by you just saying it, declaring it, but it isn't. You need to move your foot over onto the patient's track and let him shape you and mold you and change you so that your life can start moving. If you're on day two, why don't you expect... Because day three will come. BCC, the third day will come for your life. BCC, third day will come for your life. BCC, a third day is going to come for your life. BCC, a third day is going to come for your life. You know what? But this is the revelation. BCC, it's more than you think. You've already got God's answer in your mind and you think to yourself, this is how it's going to be. And God's saying, it is so much more than what you think. And I believe God gave me this message and I've had this message on my heart for two years and not been able to preach it. But today's the day. Today is the day when this revelation comes to you that you can have a third day and it's more than you think. Why don't you stand with me? BCC, your third day will come. Let me hear an amen. amen. Do you believe that your third day is on its way? You have to understand God's way of doing things. He puts you into a process, into a process, into a process, and then he does a breakthrough. But that breakthrough is so much more than you think it is. And if you don't go through the process right, you could spoil the breakthrough by trying to say to God, this is what the breakthrough is going to be. Lord, are you going to just restore the kingdom of Israel? Restore the kingdom of Israel? I'm saving the whole world! That's a third day breakthrough. Lord, are you going to give us just a few things so that we can survive the wilderness? Survive the wilderness? I'm now going to write commandments that will last and our judiciary system will be based on from now until the year 2000. And by the way, it's 4000 BCC at the moment. I'm going to write something that will last 6,000 years. Your third day is more than you think. So today, you might be in day one. And by the way, how many of you got the revelation that your third day might not be in three literal days from today? Your third day might be a process. I don't know. But listen, if I get lots of phone calls on... Tuesday, I'm going to go wild. <laughs> but you might be on day one. Kathy and I, we can't tell you everything. We can't tell you everything about this, but you've rejoiced with us about our grandchildren, but I want to tell you that was a hard road. 
there was fasting, there was tears. It was a time when we were told that things were not going to happen. You know what Kathy did? She got out her knitting needles and said, I'll tell you God, I'm going to knit a blanket in faith, knowing that I'm going to wrap that baby up in it. You see, you've got to have some patience to say, God, I will receive whatever you want me to have. But I'm doing this, I'm having faith, just, to, you know, just so that I just let you know that I trust you anyway. Some of you have got some really difficult situations and you've almost given up on God. And I want to say to you, during the knitting of that blanket, God taught us some things about Him, taught us some things about us, taught us some things about our relationship with our girls, taught us some things about life. You see, you've got to be open to what is the lesson that God's trying to teach you during the wait. So that during the knitting of that blanket, we could have given up the goal. We could have done. We got to a place where we were peaceful in God. I just need to let you know there'll always be a process. But your third day is bigger than you think. You see, what you become in the process is better than the dream. Let me say it again. What you're becoming in the process, it's better than the dream. So I want to ask you today, do you face something really tough in your life or, or you really want something from God and you're at day one of that or day two of that? But I want to ask you, if you can believe for a day three breakthrough, if you'd leave the seat where you're standing, and by walking forward, you're saying, I'm trusting you for my third day. It's not here yet, but I believe that can happen. Just leave the seat where you're standing right now and say, I'm believing. We're believing for some of our family members. I believe that I'm going to introduce my, one of my family members who's away from the Lord right now and they're going to speak and preach. I'm believing for that. That's one of my third day faith goals. But if you've got something that you're believing for, why don't you just leave the seat where you're standing? If you've got a, a tough situation or anything at all actually and you're saying, I want to believe God for this. Just come on right up here, man. And just make room for the folks behind you. And you're saying, I am believing for this. But God, I trust you in the process. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. And by just walking forward, just that simple act, you've started day one. You've started saying, I'm not going to let this discourage me. I'm going to walk in faith to God. You see, because have I said this today? The Christian life works by faith and by patience. Can I hear an amen, church? So would you just lift your hands with me? And would you give God your third day problem because he's got a third day answer right now? Holy Spirit, just move now. Just move across this place and birth faith in the hearts of your people.
Let's speak the name of Jesus over these things as you just worship Him.